after first service today, we have over 90 people since January have given their heart and rededicated to the Lord uh, at TLC. So, I mean, our goal is over 300. God's doing some great stuff. God is just, do, I mean, he's just blown this place wide open, and we're going to do some more things to enhance the worship experience, and we want to do some things that we can, you know, finally be, like, streamlined for those, if you couldn't make church or you were sick, you'd be able to watch it at home if need be, or, or maybe your family lives in another state or whatever. We're, we're working on all of that. That's coming up, so we're going to be buying things that go with that, and I, you know what's great about that is uh, we're not going to go in debt for that. We're just going to pay for it. And uh, so we're just excited about what God is doing. So I just want to encourage you today. You're not here by accident. It's going to be a great day. We've been inviting people all week. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've been handing out cards and talking to people at Myers and Walmart and uh, wherever I go, just saying, hey, if you're not going to church anywhere, I'd love for you to come and see us. And so I want to talk today about being alive. Not just us, but we're, we're, everything's going to refer back to that cross. Everything of what Jesus did on the cross. And I promise you, if you just hang with me for just the next few moments, it won't be churchy. You're going to like it. You're going to get something out of it. But we, we've come to really celebrate what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. His sacrifice so that we can live free from sin. We can say that any way we want, but really that's just the truth. The truth is he died for you. He died for me. Just, that's just word. You know, that's just it. And so everything we do goes back to the cross. And without the cross, we would be lost. Boy, that almost rhymes. I feel like Dr. Seuss. Without the cross, we'd be lost. But anyhow, <laughs> how many have ever did anything you're not proud of? Okay, I could put my hand up there. I could get the t-shirt for that. Uh, and, and this is what the enemy does. He makes sin very appealing and enticing. And, and you know, if we were honest, and, and you're going like, oh, he said that in church. It, sin sometimes can be fun. Look at people. Oh, my word. But I'm just telling you, he does that. Doesn't he try to get you before you get there? And then once you get there, then he tells you what a loser you are. Because he does that. That's his, he's just, he's nasty. So we get confused. I mean, have you ever had anybody that you know, because you've taken the time to know them, you know how they are, and they're a genuinely wonderful person, very giving, very loving. But at first, if you don't know them, they come off a little different. Maybe they're shy and reserved. People take that as, oh, they're just stuck up, or they're uppity, or, or they think this or that. And you're like, I know them. you you got to get to know them. And some people don't want to take that time. Can I get understand what I'm talking about? But that's how God looks at us. Because you know them on the inside. That's how he looks at you. He knows you on the inside. You see, other people, we put on a front. We're able to do all the things that we're able to do. Sometimes we fake it and we know that. But God says, I know how you are. And I love you. He's amazing. Our battle is no secret. It's between our flesh and our spirit. Paul said this, the thing that I want to do, I don't do. And the thing that I don't want to do, I do. That's Romans seven nineteen. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that's what I practice. Isn't that what we do? Some of us today are, you know, in the sound of my voice, you're saying, I'm telling you what, you don't even know. And I don't have to know. You know, there's some things that have bound you for years in some cases. And, you know, I just want to get free. Or you find yourself taking one step forward and five steps back. This is the day I'm going to quit this. I'm not going to do this anymore. And you do good for a day or a week. And then all of a sudden you fall back. I, I understand. It's a battle. It's our flesh. Thanksgiving or Christmas or, as my wife said, this is her favorite day today, Easter. 
Some, you know, many of us are going someplace to have a really nice lunch. How many are going to do that? Going to have, oh, yes, ma'am. Going to my mother-in-law's and that woman can cook. She's a great cook, so I will get, I, I know I'll get ham. And I probably will get turkey. I'm going to make you hungry, so I won't go do through all the things I'm going to get. But what I'm saying is, isn't this what happens? We, after Thanksgiving, Christmas, or Easter, we just sit at the trough, and we sit at the table, and we, we eat, and then we go, and we sit down, and we almost like want to unbutton our pants and go, and we go into a turkey or ham coma or something, and then we make these decisions. I'm not going to eat for three or four days. I'm going to lose weight starting right now. Don't we? And in about three hours, you know those leftovers are going, bruh. <laughs> come, come heat me back up. Because what we do is we do this. We make decisions that are temporary based on our physical strength. We make decisions that are temporary based on our physical strength. When we are full or we are really full, we, we can all, yeah, I'm going to go on a diet. Yes, I am. You know, I, I don't need to eat anymore. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to fast for the next 12 days. That doesn't last when you get hungry again. The Bible says that it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. We've got to get this thing down where we can't win because we keep trying to do it from us. We can't really be alive We don't have the capability to break everything. We have to do what he did or apply what he did 2,000 years ago so that can be broken off of us. we got to separate our doing from his done. Think about that. we got to separate my doing from his done. It's, you know, we keep thinking, we got to work, we got to work, we got to do this, we got to do that. Yes, you got to put your hand to it, but let me just tell you, it's already been done. When Jesus said it's finished, he didn't say I'm finished. He didn't say you're finished. He said it's finished. Whatever that you've been dealing with, all of the stuff that you've been fighting, he said, I've broken that. It's finished. I paid for that. The power that sin would have to dominate or control you. It's been paid for. It's been broken. It is finished. I wrote this down and I... I, I really, I bet I looked at it 10 minutes, kept going back to it. It's finished if you want it to be. It's finished if you want it to be. Sometimes, I think we, you know, again, we talk is cheap. We, we just want to, well, I want it to be. Do you? Do you? Are you tired of being in torment? How many would like what you're going through to be finished? It's done. Believing is seeing. In the kingdom, we see it after we've already believed it. We believe it first because what he did, it's broken, it's done, it's provided for. Brett, how's that so? Here's our first point this morning. We focus on the root instead of the fruit. We focus on the root instead of the fruit. When you plant a seed, you can't see it until it breaks the surface. Looks can be deceiving. You, you know, you don't know when it's growing. You can't see it underneath the dirt. Seems like nothing's happening. But as soon as it breaks the surface, change is coming. As soon as it breaks free, but you just can't see it. You see, that seed is a root. When the conditions are right and it's planted in good soil, it'll grow. 
In elementary school, how many did this? Did you put anything in a styrofoam cup with, with dirt and they planted it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we planted We all set them in the windowsill. Remember, we'd be out in the playground. You could look up and see your cups and all that stuff. And there'd be all the people and some of the brown-nosing kids, you know. We'd go up there and go, My, mine's growing, yours isn't. Whatever. I had, you know, I'd taken my little cup home and... This is a story at another time, but the, one of the bullies of the school, David Up, took my cup and threw it on the playground, stomped on it. I'll bring that story to you at another time. But my seed was growing. My little green root had sprouted. God has good plans for you, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. You see, right now underneath the surface, God's doing something in you. You're here not by accident today. There's something happening, something's stirring, something's growing underneath there. Uh, and it's not necessarily visible for everybody to see, but you're starting to have a connection with God. But if you continue to water the seed, it will be visible for all to see. You've got to water the seed. In other words, you've got to water, the, you've got to do what God is asking you to do. That fight, God, I want it, I want it to be finished. So I've got to look at what's causing it. Because that's where that problem is. You can look at fruit. Fruit is great, depending if it's good fruit. But what is causing the issue that you've been facing? Let's look at that. So you've got to look at the root. Secondly, and you're going to say, oh, sure. He's talking about church. I am. Second point is go to church. You want to water the seed? You've got to go to church. Well, I don't have to go to church. Now, listen to me. I understand there's different views of church. I get it. And church has been really bad, the church organization, at promoting maybe the right uh, picture. But let's just be honest. You're the church. This is just a building. This used to be Albert's grocery store when I was growing up. This was a pool hall at one time. TV 22 at another time. But now it's a church building for the church to sit in. So that's what we have to understand. I, I understand all of that, but you know, this is what happens. When we get together, whether it's here or whether it's out on Mount Rushmore or wherever we're getting together, we're getting together with people that are the church, that are helping each other, lifting each other up, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Not because we're perfect, because we're not. Some people won't go to church because they don't feel they're right. I'm going to wait, Brett. I've heard this until I get all my ducks in a row, until I get my life right, and then I'm going to go to church. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I said this last week, but I'm going to say it again. We go to Walmart and Applebee's too. You going to quit going there? I mean, just think about it. That's like going to the gym and saying, hey, there's a bunch of people out of shape there. I'm not going there no more. That's why we go to the gym. We're not perfect. You don't clean up to come to Christ. You come to Christ and he cleans you up. That's how it works. The problem with the church as a whole, as the world views it, is we try to clean people before. It's not our job. It's not our job to be a judge. Our job is just to come to God, let God clean us up. You see, if we wait till we're right, if you were waiting for me to be perfect before I preach, you'd be still waiting. Some of you are going, let's wait. (laughs) see the root of jesus is on the inside of you 
So the enemy tries to get us to focus on the condition of the fruit where we are right now. If you haven't produced any fruit, he's going to try to get you to look at that. You see, you're not so good. Look at that. You did this. You did that. He's going to try to look at all the things that are wrong. Any roots that have caused bad fruit or where you think you should have been, but you're not now. All of us have sinned. Every one of us. Doesn't matter. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory. Everybody fights our flesh. But if you allow your flesh to dictate your future, you'll never truly realize what he did on the cross. The righteousness, that gift that God has for you and me. Because this is why. You'll always be reminding yourself of something that you're not. Enemy will make sure of that. You can't do that. The enemy wants to sing these kind of songs to you. You're no good, you're no good. You're no good, baby, you're no good. I want to tell you again, you're no good, you're no good, you're no good. Baby, you're no good. You see, I want the rest of my life to be the best of my life. I, I, I started saying, you know what, this is going to be my best message ever. Instead of saying, oh, and starting listening to the enemy. I don't care how far along you think you are. You ain't all that in a bag of chips. Nobody is. Listen to me. If somebody's got to come in and tell you how spiritual you are, it's not the whistle that pulls the train. The whistle just makes noise. You've got to have an engine in there to get that thing where it's got to go. So let's just understand, we are all not perfect. I start saying, Brett, you're going you're gonna, to, man, you're going to do the best God's called you. I'm, I'm encouraging myself. How many knows that David had to encourage himself in the Lord? Sometimes you just got to give yourself a pep talk. It's not based on what I've done, but what he has done. It's not based on me. It's based on him. It's not based on who I am. It's on whose I am. Can I get an amen in this place today? Sometimes people can remind you of your mistakes. When I was growing up, you know, as a kid, things seemed different as a kid. If you ever go back to the house you grew up in, it seemed so huge when you were a little kid. And when you go back, you look in there and you're like, man, this room is so small. I mean, my room looked like it was a little cubbyhole back then. I was like, man, I got a big room. My sister and I would sled down what we thought at the time was a decent hill. <laughs> it's not even a hill. I wouldn't even classify as a bump. But I was too goofy, man. I'd be pulling her around on a rope when she had skis. Come on, mush, mush. And I'd be, can I wear it? No, you don't know how to wear these. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, we just thought, you know, we were always pinching pennies. We were always saving. Mom and dad both work sometimes. And so, you know, at times as a kid, I, I just thought, man, we were just, we don't have anything. I went to school with a, a kid named Bobby Fields, a great kid. But he always had, you know, hostess kingdoms and ho-hos and, and fruit pies. And I had like mustard and crackers stuff. It's just like, that's what my mom sent me. Stale potato chips. She sent me Bronswagger. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> this is before coolers. You don't want to take Bronswagger in a brown paper sack. It don't smell good, just to let you know. So when I was growing up, my baloney didn't have a first name. <laughs> We didn't have Cheerios, we just had O's. I didn't have Dr. Pepper, I just had Pepper. How many remember Fago Pop? 
loved Fago Pop because Fago Pop, you'd have all these weird chocolate cake and German, you know, whatever. It'd be like, okay, great. So we could pick, you know, all kinds of weird pop for Fago. So I remember that. Let me tell you, this is a true story. There's a kid at Easter time. He felt like he didn't have anything. Goes to a, a store much like Walmart or Myers. Takes his mom over there. In the Easter department, there's all these bunnies, and they're 50% off because they all have broken ears. And he's, he's never had an Easter bunny in his basket. And, and he's like, Mom, we can get a bunny. We can get a bunny. And he brings her over there to say they're 50% off. And all the ones that were 50% off were gone. And she said, I'm sorry, son. Maybe next year. And she pushes her cart and goes down another aisle. And this little boy goes, we can fix that. So he goes down and starts breaking off bunny ears. And he goes and finds the manager of the store and says, hey, these bunny ears are all broken. Can we get them on a discount? And he says, yep, 50% off. Hey, mom. <laughs> True story. He said that everybody now is buying him every Easter. He gets hollowed bunny ears. He said, at least make them solid. Bottom line is this, we've all fallen short. Sometimes we try to fix it in a way that comes out for our betterment. So I wanted everything in my life to be perfect. I'd be wanting for a long time. I've got to just give that stuff to Jesus. It's not based on me being completely perfect. I'm certainly not Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. It's based on the fruit of righteousness given to me by Jesus and what he did for you and I on the cross. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's the cross. You see, it's coming out of the root of Jesse. If God be for me, who could be against me? Romans 8.1 says, for there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In other words, the enemy is going to try to condemn you. God is not going to condemn you. It doesn't mean you can go out and do anything you want and, then, and because you're, you, know, you love God, then you're good. That's not what it's talking about. It's saying you still need to be repentant. You still have that righteousness, but it's applied because if you have a repentant heart and maybe you made a mistake, so if I'm talking to somebody, it's not too late because you're here. God is trying to tell you there's no condemnation. It's, there's nothing you've done that it can be not forgiven. Jesus has forgiven it all. It's already been done. We walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. We all have those struggles. At the end of the day, quit focusing on what we're not. Focus on what he is. Isaiah 11.10 says, In that day there shall be a root of Jesse, who shall stand as a banner to the people. For the Gentiles shall seek him, and his resting place shall be glorious. That scripture is talking about Jesus here. So who is Jesse then? Jesse is King David's dad. Out of the root of Jesse came Jesus. Now, let me just tell you this. David had some issues. David wasn't right all the time. David didn't do everything right. David had a heart after God, and he was far from perfect. He had all kinds of things going on. He made a mess of things. He had an affair. He had her husband killed. I mean, you know, this dude, is, he's kind of got his own struggles. And after that, God says, he is still, he's a man after my own heart. Shut the front door. I mean, this dude has done some stuff. And which part, God, did you like? The adulterer part or the murderer part? But God said, he's still after my heart. He's not condoning what he did. He's saying it's forgiven. Help me, somebody. God takes pleasure in confounding the wise with foolish things. He looks past your past. We're going to start that series next week. He makes our crooked way straight. What the enemy meant for bad, God uses it for good. He'll turn your mess into a message. He'll turn your test into a testimony. Now listen to me. If you don't break down, you will break through. 
If you don't break down, you will break through. You've got to water your seed. How does that happen? We talked about going to church. That's the heartbeat of God. That's the local church. He said the gates of hell should not prevail against the church. Now, again, you've got to get your mind on the church being people, not a building. People standing for what God is standing for. The church isn't where you become perfect. The church is where you come to learn the word and how to live it so that you can better serve God. The Bible says the truth shall set you free. If you hear that truth over and over again, eventually your outward will begin to change. You know why? Because your inward is changing. What is changing on the inside, just like that seed, begins to come out. You know, that thing that you hate about yourself begins to change. And when you see it happening, you'll like it. When you see things like, you know what, this used to, I used to trip and fall here. I didn't trip and fall over that now. You know what that means? That means that grip is loosened. That means you're breaking free. And you can like that. You should like that. You can be like, yeah, you know what it's, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. I think you do. But I'm telling you, have you ever been where you're just tormented? You put your head down and it doesn't, you just like, ah. But then there's a time when God says whammo and breaks that off you because you believed what he did 2,000 years ago. Now you can put your head down and go, yeah. And you can sleep and not worry. That's a great thing, man. How many want to get better at what you're not good at? (laughs) Me, me. We get through renewing our mind. We do that by making a decision. We've got to make a decision. Turn to your neighbor and say, make a decision. Now listen to me. (laughs) Life is full of seasons, is it not? Changes. I went to college. Back home. Stopped going to college. My dad said, you quit going to college. You have to pay rent. I said, cool. Okay. If I'm going to pay rent here, I might as well get my own place. My dad was only charging me $25 a week. That's $100 a month for you mathematicians that are in the building. And I thought, me being, you know, all that in a bag of chips that I was, I don't need that. I'll get my own place. Later, pops. And I went out and I did that. I had an apartment. It was an efficiency apartment. Efficient was really should not be in that apartment's word at all. (laughs) it had a pull-out bed that was in the couch gandhi would have slept on something better i mean it was not good but 185 dollars a month and it had a heater like you'd go to a hotel room you know where the little buttons and here's high heat here's low heat here's no heat (laughs) i could go to work for five hours put a glass of ice on my dresser and come back and the ice is still not melted that's not good If I ran my heater, (laughs) they'd be like, thank you. Here's your heat bill, $5 million. Pay that, please. That's what it felt like. And I'm like, oh. And to put it all in perspective, life was not going well. The only girl that I was serious about before Kim, I had broken it off with her. I moved out of my parents' house. I have transitioned living away from mom and dad. I got no food in my house. How many know what that's like? I happen to show up at dinner time at mom's all the time. Oh, is it dinner? Hmm. Now, my mom, she's a good cook when she cooks, but she is not good. Uh, she saves everything. And I'd pull stuff out of the fridge and say, Dad, what did you have that was green and had hair? He's like, oh, I don't know. Don't eat that. 
I mean, as a kid, I sat down for breakfast in the morning. True story. And, you know, and I'm having my O's. And I go to pour milk, and it's just like cottage cheese. Plop, plop, plop. Mom, something wrong with this. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I should have. Ah. To this day, to this day, you can ask my wife, how much milk do I drink? Let the cows go free. I don't. I, hardly, I do like milk, I just very rarely, because I have to know that it's like mm, fresh. <laughs> so I'm experiencing all of this transition. And then, I, you know, now I've lost my girlfriend, I, I broke up with her, I'm by myself. And you know, when you're down, isn't that when the enemy wants to just kick you? You turn on the radio, you hear songs like this. I'm all out of love, I'm so lost without you. I know you were right. You know what I'm talking about. And you're like, I'm not listening to that. You turn the station. Baby, come back. You can blame it all on me. I was wrong, but I just can't live without you. You turn it back because, you know, the enemy came to Jesus in three. So, you know, hits me again. All by myself. Don't want to live. Yeah. Here's point number three. Make a decision. Decide who you will serve. Because just know, he's going to come. The enemy's going to come and mess with you. I mean, sometimes you just got to stand up in his face and say, bring it. That's the best you got? Come on. Because I'm telling you, if you let him, he'll whack you back and forth like the wind in the sea. Make a decision. Joshua 24, 15 says, it seems evil to you to serve the Lord. Choose And if it seems evil for you to to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So I made a decision. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. God, I believe it was it was your divine intervention. I needed to break away. This is not a bad person. It just wasn't the person. Help me. It just wasn't what I was supposed to do. God had better plans for me. And when I realized that, I looked in the mirror and said, I don't like what I'm seeing. God, i got to make some changes. Because let me tell you, the song doesn't change till you change the band. I'm just telling you. I said it again last week. They can steal your recipe, but they can't bake your cake. The song doesn't change unless you change the band. We ought to put that down. That was a good one. So I made a decision. And so God said, you know what, i got better plans for you. And then he helped me find somebody way, way, way better than what I left behind. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I give you Exhibit A. You see, when you start doing things for God, then the enemy pops up on your shoulder. You're such a loser. You're never going to make it. Then you got that angel. You're going to be fine. You just follow God. You have all of these voices, but I'm telling you, if you stick with God, He'll just tell the accuser of the brethren, shut up. He wants the best for you, and the enemy just wants to bury you, and he wants your kids to follow suit. The enemy's been screaming at people that got divorced because the the statistics say this. 50% of marriages end in divorce. 50%, whether you're in church or whether you're out of church. That's not good stats, folks. That's like one out of every two. One out of every two. And let me just say, the leading cause for divorce is marriage. (laughs) Think about it. 
So, Brett, why are you saying that? Here's what I'm saying. It's not something you just put on like you put a jacket on. It is a covenant. It is something that you say, you know what? We're going we're gonna to stick this thing out. Do you always agree? Huh. If you are a guy and she is a girl, you ain't always going to agree. How many guys in the room? I don't care where you eat. You go wherever you want. You pick the place. Now, I need to ride home after church today. You pick the place. How many guys know what I'm talking about? You go to the place. I don't want to eat here. Oh, I wasn't. I don't like that. We'll go over here. Do you want to just go, take me to where you want to go? Now, listen, I'm not in agreement with divorce. You're going to have to. There's going to be time because you're two people. You're going to have to fight some things out. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but you're going to have to stick together. You're going to have to stand there and say, I might be mad, but I ain't ever leaving you. I might be upset, but you know what? We will work this out. We will get this thing. We will compromise. We will be together because why? I'm committed to you. I love you. And let me just say, it's got to be past just, oh, I just love you. Give me goosebumps. There are going to be times that's, you just want to give them lumps, not goosebumps. I'm telling you, my wife, I probably wanted to lump me more times than once. And I deserved it. So listen, if you're sitting here today, and the reason I brought up that stat, because you're like, Brett, I'm, I've been remarried. I've been divorced. That's all. It's, listen to me. God is not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. You know, you, you, you can't go back. He's going to give you life with who you have right now. You've got to commit your life to God right now. And you just make that work right now. If you believe, you know what, it wasn't good or whatever the situation is, but it, it can be good right now. Nothing you have done is not forgivable. Well, I, I wish I wouldn't have gotten divorced. Some of you had no choice. I understand. But you, know, you got to go forward. you got to embrace what God has for you. Get a hobby. Do some exercise. Hang out with people that will challenge you to rise above your circumstances. My life got better because I met Exhibit A. I met Kim. And things got good. So listen to me. Does, have we ever fought? <laughs> yeah. She might be 100 pounds, but man, she knows. She, wow, she's, no, she's never. I'm just saying she's, dynamite comes in small packages. So listen. So here, here's what happened. I married Kim, and then I hear songs like this on the radio. You're the best thing that ever happened to me. Or she's a church house i'm oh, sorry <laughs> thank you amy <laughs> amy said you gotta do that and kim's like no 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 don't <laughs> so i will need a ride home afterwards <laughs> but nearly 31 years later she's still by my side we have four beautiful uh kids that are all loving god and serving him and ministering god's bringing wonderful people in their lives and has brought wonderful people in their lives don't tell me god doesn't have a purpose somebody give him a shout would you it's not based on your performance or being good. It's based on His grace, which is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. His mercies are new every morning. They're good for you. It's based on what He did on the cross. His grace is made perfect in our weakness. If God be for you, who can be against you? Somebody in here has got seed that's just about to bust through. You've got seed that's about to come. You've got to water it. You've got to hang on. You've got to keep going. You see, Christmas and Easter, everybody tries to go to church. And I just, you know, you, you got your bulletin, so you got your receipt. I went to church, look at it right here. Kind of like an RRS audit. How long do I have to keep these before I can get rid of them? I'll file that puppy. I've been to church, I've been to church, well, four, you know. And, I get, and I'm glad you're here. You'll never reach 
all of your potential until you get someplace that at least it's going to be relevant, that's going to tell you, or a church, not the building, but people that are going to help you, instead of pointing the finger and saying, you're this and you're that and you're this, but saying, listen, let me show you, I can't point at you, I got my own. But I can tell you, he's greater than that. That'll, that'll say, you know what? We all need work. We're not trying to point at you and judge you. I'm just saying, come and we'll help you teach. God's going to show us how to live. It's not going to be religious. Remember the father with two sons. One spent all he had. The Bible says he came to himself. In other words, he got out there and he spent all his money. And, and actually, if you read the story, he was eating pig slop. And that's kind of nasty. Have you ever seen a pig farm? Not a good sight. And then he realizes, you know what? Servants did better at dad's house. I'm going back there. The Bible says that the father was looking for him. I like that. He was waiting on him to come back. Can I tell you this morning, your heavenly father is looking for you. He's waiting on you today. The son that stayed home, he gets mad. He says, what about me? I've been here all along. What about me? And isn't that the way what we've done or hypocrites have done or we've been that way ourselves? Hey, I I went to church. I did right. How about me? Because we don't want to celebrate somebody else that came around. We're all zeroed in on ourselves. That's our flesh. This morning, no matter how far you've went, no matter how deep in sin you are, God's looking for you. He's saying, come on home. Come here. I'm going to put a ring on your finger, a robe on your back, shoes on your feet. I'm going to kiss your neck. Welcome home. Listen to me. God's not mad at you. He's mad about you. You might be saying, oh, he's not. Yes, he is. He values you. I remember one of the first times I went away when Kim and I were married, went away to a men's convention. Nothing like a whole bunch of sweaty men in a convention. And we, it was a good convention, and I remember coming home, and she hadn't seen me for almost three days. And man, she couldn't wait to see me. And can you blame her? I'm sorry. <laughs> she came and about knocked me over, you know, just wrapped her arms around my neck, just kissed my face and just go, oh, I've missed you. It's so good to have you back. Well, Brett, why are you telling me that? I think God is waiting for those kind of things for you. I think he's just waiting. He's just longing. Is, is today your day? Would you finally say, I want to be free. I want to be alive. I'm so tired of this. I don't want to be churched and, you know, we've all been through rehearse, but I want to be alive. I want it to be real. God, just show me how to live so I can, I can do things according to you, but... Do it in such a way that there's freedom. You might be saying, well, this pastor's different. He sings songs from the 80s. He does voices. <laughs> this isn't like church I've been to before. Listen, I mean this in as much humility as I can say. I just learned a long time ago, and my best friend here helped me find it. I have to be me. I can't be anybody else. I just got to be who I am. I got to be me and the gifts that God has given me. You got to be you. And God wants to use you. He made you original. You're the only one of you he made. And it's your, did you know your thumbprint is original? Nobody else has one like yours. That's pretty cool. Your thumbprint God made for you will be an imprint on this world. Think about it. Nobody can do what he's called you to do the way he wants you to do it. So your thumbprint, your original will be, you can be an imprint 
You don't have to be me. Just be you. You get that, you start saying, how do I do that? All right, I start following God. I go to my local church, I plug in there, I find some people, and I start walking this thing out. I start watering my seed. I get out of the rut. I start getting strong. I start getting victory. I get people to pray for me. Answers start coming. I start obeying God and doing everything he's telling me to do. I start running my household that way. I start doing my finances that way. Things start happening, and, and, and nobody can get the credit because God is doing it. I'm just doing what he says. Did you know if you do what he says, things happen? Here's the thing. We don't do what Jesus did because we don't do what Jesus did. What if we did what Jesus did? Then we'd have done what Jesus done. Does that work? Something like that. You know what I mean? If we start doing it and actually believing it. I mean, it's amazing when you see like, you know, and you start doing it and then it happens. You're like, whoa. Jesus carried the cross for you. Will you follow him? I'm going to tell you this story and then then I'm done. Okay. One of the gospels quotes Peter. How many like Peter? I like Peter because Peter is I think Peter's a stud. I mean, Peter, he's got some swag, and I don't really know what swag means, except I really don't. I tried to ask Rod, where's Rod? Rod, what's swag? I asked Rod, what's swag? And I just started doing this. I don't think that's swag. I don't know what swag is. Okay, okay. Hey, Rod, that's it. <laughs> Word to the Father, brother. I'm with it. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I am totally white, if you have not guessed. So anyway, well, this is what Peter says. He's, he's with Jesus, Okay. And, and Peter says to Jesus, and he's got his bros right there, and he says, listen, if all these guys fall away, you can count on me. Jesus says this. This is in John, I think. He, he tells him, he said, look, Peter, before this night's over, you're going to deny me three times. And then he goes on to say, but I'm praying for you that, when, that your faith, when you come back to me, you'll be strong. You read that. And you start thinking of this. I just heard a minister say this the other day, and Mallory was with me. I said, I was going to say that. And it's just confirmation I need to tell you this story because in another one of the Gospels, it records when, when the, they come back to the tomb and it's empty, the girls come back because if you remember, they put him in the tomb quick. They didn't have time to do the body. So they came back to do all that stuff, and there's an angel, and they said, go tell him. And they, they tell him, you know, he's risen. Go tell all the others and Peter. That's huge. Because Jesus, how many knows that God knows your future? God, God guides your steps. Jesus is already telling, he doesn't tell Peter, if you come back, I hope you come back. I'm praying you come back. He says, you're going to deny me three times, but when you come back to me, when? Turn to your neighbor and say, when? Listen, I'm telling you this morning, I don't know what you've been through, but today is your when. When you come back. When you put it all down, God is saying, you're going to come back. And, and you're going to be like, I, I, don't want, I don't want to be this. Listen, you don't have to be what everybody thinks. Just be you. Be who God has called you and follow him. That's all he's saying. I'm not going to tell you to do anything outside of this book. If I do, you shouldn't do it. Period. How many understand that? We got to follow him. We got to say, God, what you did 2,000 years ago is good enough for me. You mean, Brett, he'll take me the way I am now. Even though I've messed up. You might have messed up before you came to church today. He'll take you the way you are right now. Do I have to uh, tell anybody? Not right now. Tell him. He's the one that will clean you. He's the one that will wash that away. 
Then when, once that's done, then I'd tell as many people as I could. And watch that root and produce fruit. Watch it start growing and things start happening and your life start changing. You can go to sleep. You're not tormented. You know, and, if you, and the enemy's still going to try, but you have the power now because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You can tell him to get lost. I need every head bowed, every eye closed.